Welcome to the Inside Out Theory with Christy Lee Manning, a podcast for the performing artists. Hello, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Inside Out Theory. Today's episode is sponsored by House of Jazz Artist Development Program, a four-week program in London, UK, where we train your trilogy, mind, body, and soul. I truly believe it's just as important for artists to train their mindset as much as we train physically and creatively. So whether you are a new graduate or a professional artist looking to re-spark their career, we encourage you to join us as we open your mind, challenge your body, and inspire your soul. This program only happens twice a year, and it is truly life-changing. For more information, please visit houseofjazzcompany.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Inside Out Theory podcast. My name is Christy Lee Manning, and we are going to speak about comparison today. So I just finished another Instagram live conversation with a good friend of mine, Rosina Andrews, and we spoke about comparison, um, mostly in the dance industry, but I want to speak about comparison more. Well, we did speak about it on a human level, but as as artists in general, because this is the platform for you, for performing artists, this is your place to um, find guidance and support in regards to your own um, mental health, well-being, and um, learning about your own personal evolution and how it affects your um, happiness, inner peace, and uh, careers as well as sense of fulfillment, all those good things. And so I set out this week because I knew we were going to speak about comparison today. I had some questions about comparison. I I kind of understood, well, I did understand what the act itself was and what happens to us and how we feel about or how we feel when we compare and and the detrimental kind of um, effects that it has on our confidence and our self-esteem when we compare ourselves to other people. But I wanted to know why. I wanted to understand why we compare. And I'm sure there's a lot of answers to this question. But here's what I discovered. And I found it absolutely fascinating. It was just one of those moments where I just like, guys, it was, I just find this stuff so interesting. And I just think it's so cool that I have discovered the fact that I find this stuff so interesting. And then I get a chance to share it with the people that I love the most, which is all of you listening. So here we go. So I set out, I was, okay. I asked myself, why do we compare? Okay. Why do we compare? And the first thought that came into my head was your ego is always searching to be right. And the reason why I liked this thought was not straight away the words itself, but was the fact that, um, it came out of nowhere. So I love that. Um, I love those moments where, where you are pondering a question or you're asking the universe a question and those moments, it's like inspiration, um, creative inspiration quite often as well, where it's, it's, you'll, you'll receive an answer, but it's not from your brain. It's not from your mind. It's not from your head. So it's, it's in no way could be potentially attached to any false self or, um, ego based 
place in your subconscious. It's from deep, 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 deep inside of you. And it comes up before your ego or your mind even has a chance to go, what, what are you talking about? Right? So it said, your ego is always looking to be right. And I was like, yes, I know this. I know your ego is always looking to be right about the beliefs that it created. Right. So then I was like, oh, we got we got the double sucker punch happening here. So your ego is constantly looking to be proven right by external resources of some kind. Why the belief that they made themselves, that it made itself, is correct. So without getting too much into what the ego actually is, which we do need to do, we would benefit from having that conversation. But our ego is is what I mean when, when I say ego, I mean false self, not our true self. So our false self is living constantly in a place of lack and fear and is attached to these limited beliefs and stories and illusions that we've created about ourselves that feel negative and have a negative impact on our self-esteem and therefore our lives in general and how much we are able to enjoy our time on this earth. And so when this our our ego creates these beliefs from from experiences quite likely most often in our childhood when we are too young to actually comprehend or understand what's happening around us or to us. And unfortunately, as children, our um, our kind of default setting is to blame ourselves because we don't have the understanding or the intellect um, that we learn as we grow and that we have as adults. So quite often children will blame themselves for negative things that are happening. And these negative experiences that we then take responsibility for create these beliefs. For example, we are not good enough. Okay. So this is something that was created when we were a child and it's still, you know, subconsciously, consciously, unconsciously running our decisions and our lives today. And one of the ways it does that is through comparison. So most people experience some sort of trauma, like I have said in the past, and I know trauma is a very harsh, can be perceived as a very harsh word, but regardless of the degrees of trauma, so let's not start to compare whose traumas was worse in whose childhood. You know, we all experienced some sort of trauma as a child because to that child, it felt traumatic. So maybe as an adult looking back on our childhoods, we don't go, oh, you shouldn't have felt so bad about that. But you wouldn't be that harsh on any other child or a child in front of you now. You would, you would, you would embrace that that child was living in fear, was fearful, was scared, was, was you know, sad, anxious, experiencing anxiety, whatever it is, and you would, you would have empathy and understanding for that child. So try and have that for yourself as a child and understand that even though your ego as an adult wants to go, that wasn't that bad of a situation. You had a pretty good childhood. Come on, don't feel so bad for yourself. Okay. There were moments in every single person's childhood. No one can escape childhood without feeling 
or having moments that felt traumatic to them. And this is when ego is born. And I just said we weren't going to explain it, but we did. But that's good because I'm in my state of flow. So we, (laughs) that is where ego is born. And that's the type of experiences that create the beliefs most commonly under the I'm not good enough umbrella, but anything limiting, anything that feels limiting to yourself, because you're not limited. You are so not limited. We are so abundant as a creation, as, as a race, human beings. It's unbelievable. And our minds can't actually comprehend it because our minds are limited. Our brains are extremely powerful, but they're limited um, in what they can perceive. And our beings, our souls, um, can perceive so much and can understand so much more than the mind. And so that's why I'm here always speaking about disconnecting from your mind, because not only is it quite often attached to your ego, which is also a very limited um, perception and a very clouded perception of reality, because it's based on the beliefs that it created for itself. And this is why, you know, quite often you hear that comment of human beings create 99% of their own problems. Well, yes, because the mind likes to solve problems. If we don't have problems, we it has nothing to do. So of course, we're constantly creating problems because we're trying to give our mind something to do and something to solve so that it feels like it has a purpose. And when it doesn't feel like it has a purpose, it freaks out and tells us that we're not doing enough and starts to feed us the ego beliefs that it's attached to that it created. So this is how those beliefs are created. And most commonly, every single human being, I would say, has some form of I'm not good enough limited belief that was created in their childhood. This was created by our ego. Our ego is our false self that tries to create an answer for the experiences that we can't comprehend at the time. That's where our ego is born. Okay? So we have these beliefs. For example, I'm not good enough. Now your ego is looking to be right. And in my journey for comparison, I'm going, okay, so I know that the ego likes to be right. For example, you didn't get called out in class. I told you you're not good enough, right? Or in our relationships, he's not texting you back. See, he doesn't like you. You're not lovable. Things like that. So, but then begs the question, why does it need to be right? And what I've come to realize very recently is that our ego likes to have us live in fear, but again, likes to solve problems, right? With its own voice. And it likes to offer solutions. So it's the one that makes us feel like we're not good enough. But then it's very quickly the very next voice that goes, don't worry, though, I'll help you. And when I realized this, I realized the same voice that brings us down can't be the same voice that builds us back up. That just can't work. That is the the definition of a toxic relationship. If you're in an unhealthy relationship with another person, whether it be a friend, romantic, even, uh, I hope not, a parent or someone that you're related to. But if they make you feel bad about yourself in a malicious way, everybody makes mistakes. That's not what I'm talking to. That's not what I'm talking about. Everyone makes mistakes. People forget that their words, how much their words have weight to, that was a terrible way of speaking, wasn't it? 
people sometimes forget to take responsibility for the things they say. They forget how much weight their words hold. That's what I'd like to say. A lot of our educators, I feel too many educators don't take responsibility for the words and, and don't realize the impact the, their words have on their students, no matter how old they are. Because we all have an inner child in us anyway that it, it desperately wants to heal so, so that it can feel whole. But we are looking outside of ourselves always to fill that hole. And we can't fill outside. We can't fill in. We cannot fill inside things with outside things. Those are two different word, worlds. You know, it's, it's, it's like trying to make cookies with salt instead of sugar. Can you imagine switching those and going, well, actually I'm going to do a tablespoon of, or a teaspoon of sugar and a cup of salt. Those cookies are going to be disgusting. (laughs) You can't, you can't switch that. You can't, those are two different worlds. You can't, I don't know if that makes sense. It did in my brain for a second, but it's not going to solve the problem. You can't, you can't do that. You can't solve inside things with outside things. If you want to solve your inner pain, you have to live inside. That was a very long, dramatic pause. I had to think about that. That was good, wasn't it? So it's not even coming from me. This, I'm just the, I'm just the pathway. This is coming from something so much bigger than me. I'm just the voice. I am the voice. So Okay, so going back to comparison. So then, so your ego creates these beliefs and then goes, and so now I'm aware that it wants to it wants to solve them. And I'm also aware that that can't work because the again, like I said, the, my new favorite sentence is the same voice that um, breaks you down can't be the same voice that builds you back up because it's going back to that toxic relationship where if I'm going to purposely and because the ego knows what it's doing in that situation, it do, it thinks it's trying to help you survive and help keep you safe. But we know that it's, it's unhealthy what it's doing. And then, but then we continue to listen to that same voice to give us a solution. And So here's the freaky part. It goes, it creates the belief. This is the trilogy. Then it goes, it looks externally for reasons to be right. For example, an experience, you don't get a job, you don't get an audition, so you're not good enough. And it uses that to prove itself right, which is again, just just another, like, can you imagine if a person did this to you? If they told you something negative about you? If they told you you're not good enough and then actually used an experience that you had against you to prove that they were right, you would never talk to that person again. Yet we live with this voice and we allow, we listen to it. We can't, this is definitely another conversation, but I don't think anyone, because I don't think anyone, and I've said this before, because I don't think anyone can experience childhood without some sort of trauma. I don't think anyone in the world is void of ego. However, we can choose whether or not we listen to it. And we t- we we would never choose to have a friend like this, yet let yet we choose to listen to a voice like this all the time. Crazy, right? So then it says, see, I'm right. Why so back to my question, however long ago, 14 minutes ago, why why does it need to be right? Because it uses the fact that it's now proven itself right to you as permission to offer you a solution 
And it uses the fact that it proved itself right to you to go, well, clearly, now that you know I'm right, you need a solution. But don't worry, I got you. How fucked is that? I'm sorry if there are children listening. I won't swear again. How messed up is that? How messed up is that? You would never accept a advice from a person that had done those first two actions to you. You would never go, okay, so you've now made me feel horrible. You've now used an external experience to prove that what you're telling me about myself is right, even though you have no idea who you are or who I am or what my potential is, or you are an outside source that can't possibly actually ever weigh in on my worth, my value, my anything ever. You are not any more or any less than me. But now you want to offer a solution? Do you realize there are people in this industry that are educators in very influential positions that do this? Like this is a form, not the form, but this is a form of I'm going to break you down and build you back up. And it makes me sick. And these people should not be allowed to do this. It is completely unacceptable. It is so unhealthy and detrimental to human beings and society and the arts as a whole and our industry. It is just all kinds of wrong. (laughs) But anyways, so then... Now I'm realizing, oh, that sneaky little bitch. I, <laughs> you have now brought me down. You've proven you right. And now you want me to listen to your solution. That, and here's the scary thing. Guess what the solution is? Work harder, train more, eat less, exercise more often, um, get to know more people dye your hair a different color. I don't know. That was a terrible example, but all of them are from a place of lack. Every single one, every single one is from a place of lack. Well, now that we've proven to you that we, we, we've compared, you are clearly not as good as this person. Our solution we're offering to you is clearly that you have to do more. And this is where our, what we've been speaking about on other podcasts, where our, um, need to do more. One of the places our need, our need, yeah, our that feeling that we need to be doing more all the time comes from comparison. Because that's the solution our ego presents to us when it compares. And what that does is it keeps us in a place where we will constantly have to compare because we will constantly like, here's this crazy, here's the scariest thing. All the solutions, right, are attached to a place of lack. Well, you need to do more, train more, work harder, you know, do more of this, more of this, more, 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 right? And all that does is feed back to the belief that the ego created in the first place of you're not good enough or even so you're not good enough yet. But if you keep taking our solutions, you will get there, but you won't. You will never get there. Because it's a vicious cycle. It will always be telling you, you're not quite there. You're, you're not quite there. That You need to do more. You need to do more. 
And then eventually you'll get there. But you know what? When you feel like you've you've gotten over that hurdle, the belief in you of I'm not good enough is still there because all you've been doing is listening to your ego and feeding it energy. So it's not all of a sudden going to be nice and say, oh, I'm just going to take away that belief now. It wants you to stay in that belief because it wants you to keep listening to it because it wants you to be doing things because it doesn't want to, you, it never wants you to actually attach and listen to your true self because then you aren't listening to it and then it's out of control and it never wants to be out of control. And then it doesn't have a job and then it doesn't exist and then it's dead. And the ego is terrified of death, absolutely terrified So it has to keep you listening to it all the time. This is why meditation is such a threat. This is why creativity is such a threat. This is why all the things that we actually have an impulse and an intuition to do is a threat to our ego. So it has to do everything it can to make sure that you're still listening to it. So it's not going to turn around one day and be nice and go, okay, I'll take away this belief now. No, it's holding on to the fact that you still believe that. That's its springboard. That's its trampoline so that it can do it can run your life the way it wants to because then from there it can continue to look for reasons to prove that it's right and then from there it can offer you a solution and then you're just doing the same cycle all over again and you will constantly be at the mercy of that belief of that ego so as soon as you think you hit the next hurdle it's just going to find somebody else because there's always going to be someone quote unquote better at something like you might be the best dancer in the world but then all of a sudden even if you become the best dancer or the best actress or the best artist in the world and you actually somehow believe that I don't know I like I don't think many of us will ever get to a point where we can actually believe that we're the best because I just like there's just so much there's so many people out there with with you know that have you know, that are 80 years old and have 50 years more experience than us. Like we, we can't, I don't know, we can't, you'll never get to a place where you actually feel like you are the best at what you do because there's always going to be someone that was born before you and then therefore has more experience than you. And then therefore has like, that's just a losing battle, but you can be the best you You can always be the best you. And that's all the universe wants. The universe wants you to be the best you. It doesn't want you to be the second best version of somebody else. Why do you think we all look different? Why do you think we all act different? Why do you think we all have different voices? Why do you think we all have different passions? Why do you think every single human being on the planet, even twins, identical twins, are different people, such different people? Even if for some weird way, we actually got to a place where we thought we were the best at our craft, if we had been, if we had gotten there from a place of ego, so then that thought is coming from a place of ego, our ego would just go, okay, but you can't snowboard and you're not a politician. So you're actually not that great. So you should continue to work harder. Like it, it, it has an unlimited amount of resources. You will never escape your ego by listening to its solutions ever. Because it will always, as soon as you achieve that next thing that it told you to do, it'll find something else. And the reason it can find something else is because you're still believing in its initial belief of I'm not good enough. And when you believe that belief, it will always have control. So now that you're panicking (laughs) and you're going, well, how do I stop believing that? You in your true self 
is always in a place of abundance, which is the complete opposite of where the ego, where the ego lives, which is lack, right? So I'm not trying to ever suggest that you try to set yourself on a path where you don't have an ego or you you um, conquer your ego or anything like that because initially your ego is there to help you survive it as a child and maybe it's it's limited beliefs um, weren't the most helpful solution at the time and especially something we don't need as adults as a child we needed something we needed an answer and so it it helped us survive whether or not it was the right tool that's how it was it was created and and it helped us get through those traumatic moments so there is some we we could stand to benefit from being grateful for our our ego helping us survive as children these traumatic moments but now that we have more understanding of the world as adults we don't need the ego anymore right and we definitely don't want to live our lives by it so what if and when you can Okay, you're not ever trying to conquer your ego, but you can choose whether you live from a place of ego or you live from a place of your true self. So you can choose to live from uh, your false self or your true self. You can choose whether or not to buy into your thoughts or you can choose to live from a place of intuition and impulse and um, feelings, uh, which are different than emotions. Um, then you know, your, your limited beliefs that your, your mind creates. And so what are some things that help us disconnect from our ego? Creativity, journaling, meditation, um, and practicing presence massively. So finding those moments in the day, setting those boundaries, you know, um, listening to yourself, your true self, the one that's desperately wanting to be heard, that's going, please turn off the TV or get off your phone or stop doing needless things. You don't need to be procrastinating. You don't need to be doing your laundry right now or whatever it's making you think that you need to do. My biggest thing would be to just stop doing. Just stop doing for a sec. Give yourself a moment and be. However you want to be, whether that's journaling, meditation, yoga, um, lying outside in your backyard in the sun, just be still. Find stillness and be still and breathe and then follow your intuition from there. And it's practice. It just takes practice. But when you feel like you're doing and your life is running you instead of you running your life, that is the moment most where you need to stop. And it's the hardest time to stop, but it is the most important time where you need to stop and find stillness and go, okay, I'm out of alignment because my life is running me and I'm not running my life. So I need to stop doing because I don't even know why I'm doing anymore. What am I doing? Find stillness, be instead of do, and then work from a place of being instead of doing. I think that's the most helpful place to disconnect from your ego, which as we've talked about for now 26 minutes, quite often uses comparison against us. So that's my chat on comparison. 
I hope you find some inspiration and enlightenment in that. I would love to know your thoughts. So on any of our social media channels, find um, there's countless, not countless, but there's quite a few ways to get in contact with us. So let us know your thoughts. And um, as always, speak authentically, feel openly, and live inside out. Thanks, guys. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the Inside Out Theory. We are so lucky to have you as a part of our community and very grateful for your support. If you liked today's episode, we encourage you to follow us on iTunes and Spotify, join our online community at Inside Out Theory, and share this episode with a member of your tribe. Remember, we are all stronger together. Thank you for listening to the Inside Out Theory. We encourage you to speak authentically, feel openly, and live inside out.